you are listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is another week of the Law Student Society show. We are back on a Wednesday night and this this week I'm joined, I'm being Sophie Prisians, the president, is joined by Morton Hirschdorfer. I got it right. Well done. Um, uh, This, this, um, I'm joined by, he's the director of... College of Law. Yep, New yep. South Wales PLT program. There we go. And I'm also joined by one of our other executive members, Morgan Pappas, our secretary. So, Morgan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little bit nervous. It's her first time on radio. It is my first time on radio. Um, so, it, so, it definitely is. So, we're going to do 10 words about ourselves. I'm going to start off first. I've had two hours sleep since in the last 24 hours. <laughs> That's my 10 words about myself. <laughs> Morton? Uh, well, more than 10 years because uh, my background is as a barrister, so you, you can't limit a barrister to 10, year, uh, 10 words. I uh, was at the New South Wales Bar for 25 years, then a lecturer at College of Law for about 10 and have been the director now for the last four. <laughs> um, I am just your average second year UNE law student. There we go. See, that was easy. <laughs> so we're going to go to a song break. We've p- taken a couple of requests from the two guests in the studio tonight. And we've got the Immigrant Song song by Led Zeppelin. And then just a, a plain old Hey Soul Sister by Train. You're listening to the Law Student Society show on 106.9 Tune FM. Tune FM, streaming live on tunefm.net.
That was Hey Soul Sister by Train. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. So we're going to start off our show tonight with a recap. So we have started our annual careers week. It Day one happened today. Yes, I'm aware that that is not a whole week, but it's a lot to organise. Three days was a lot. So careers week, we had day one. We started off with UNE Careers, which had quite a few, quite a few people in attendance um, and all of these sessions are going to be like um, put up. I hope to get them up on our Facebook page by tonight. We'll see how I go, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, and then we had a panel um, with a former UNE <coughs> alum um, come on, come on, talked about how to defend the indefensible, and that was a really engaging panel. We live streamed that one, and it's had a few views. Um, so thanks to those who have jumped on and watched the panel and thanks to those who asked questions um, to the panelists that was a really good um, panel and we got, I think we all got a lot out of it um, some really meaningful points about what we can expect as def- as criminal lawyers um, and then we had our lunch break and then we had two Two similar but different sessions in the afternoon. We had What Else Can You Do With a Law Degree? Um, where we talked about how um, a lot of people who have done law degrees actually went into comedy and acting um, and politics is obviously the other big um, st- um, calling card for people with law degrees. And then we talked about unconventional um, law um, jobs after getting a law degree and we finished the afternoon off with a policing and dispute resolution uh, talk from our manager of student grievance unit um, and she's had quite a few years of experience as a police investigator and she's now basically dispute resolution for on campus so I thought I had I enjoyed every session we had today what about you Morgan yeah, um, I really enjoyed it too. It was really good to get um, a lot of information, especially around what to do with a law degree apart from a practising lawyer because I don't know, but for me, I do worry if there are jobs um, as a practising lawyer after you graduate. So it is um, very insightful to have more information on what you can use your degree for. And you may not feel confident or want to go and be a practising solicitor, so you may want to look at other options with your law degree. Mm. It's probably not the best conversation <laughs> to be having when we've got the Director of New South Wales uh, Practical Legal Training Program, which is what qualifies us to become practising solicitors. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, do it. <laughs> we'll keep talking. <laughs> Um, but we'd like it is good to have all the information so you know what all the eggs are and then you can see oh, I actually like that egg more than that egg um, so tomorrow we're going to put up a post shortly about what we have coming up tomorrow but to start off we will have a PLT presentation this is the one that everyone loves to come every year it's widely attended it is of course the College of Law we have Morton here tonight he'll be with us for tomorrow and Friday yes yeah um, and he will be around um, and we can chat with you most likely be able to chat with him for most of the days and then in the for the rest of the day after College of Law um, has their PLT session we have Jessie Portis from the Learned Crew we've linked her page on our Facebook page so go check that out she is providing three sessions for us tomorrow she is doing a day in the life of an in-house counsel with practical sessions so that's practical things so you're not just going to be listening to someone telling you this is what I do this is what I do she's actually going to take you through what she does so I think she's even got a email for you to answer and a fake contract for you to read over and see or an ad I think was the last thing she was looking at an ad for you to see what's right and what's wrong what can go out um, so she does, and she's going to explain that in more depth. 
Um, and then we have lunch, free food, guys. Just a reminder, free food. Free food, free food, free food. Free food. Free food. I think they got the message that time. <laughs> um, there's sushi and there's like cheese platters. Like, come on, that's just everything you want, right? And there's fruit. Really like fruit. Fruit's good. Fruit's good. Particularly, it's so expensive. Sometimes you just don't want to buy it yourself, but like you've got to because you need to have fruit, but like it's just so expensive. It's just a juggling act. And then when you do buy it, sometimes you'll eat a whole bag of grapes in one day. I'm not saying that that happened to me with the bag of grapes that I bought on Sunday, but I'm absolutely saying that that's what happened when I bought a bag of grapes on Sunday. And then after lunch, we have two more sessions with Jesse, clerkships and pathways to get the career you want. Jesse took a lot of pathways to get her into the career that she is now in, and she's going to tell you all about that. And I've heard her talk about this. It's a fantastic um, presentation. And then finally, LinkedIn 101 and scrubbing your socials. We all have that one bad photo of us that just shouldn't see the light of day. And I'm scared that that's going to come out for me on Friday. So um, I might be listening very intently on the scrubbing your socials session. Um, but yeah, and so then we'll, that's Thursday. And then Friday, we've got two confirmed sessions. And Friday morning, we will confirm by tomorrow. Friday morning will be confirmed by tomorrow. That's right, Friday morning. We will have something. It's not blank. I told you, winter's coming, so is this session. Um, so, But we do have two panel sessions in the afternoon. We have being a lawyer on Friday afternoon. We have being a lawyer in a small community and, and what happens next. That's it. I'm not telling you anything else. You can guess what happens next. We have three grads, recent grads coming to talk. That's all I'm going to give. Um, and then finally, we have our call to the bar cocktail evening on Friday night. Tickets, sales, ticket on, I'm going to start that again. Online ticket sales close tonight. They are selling fast. So do jump on and buy it now. Don't wait. Don't wait for us to say, oh, we can do more. No, buy them now. Don't, don't, don't challenge the game. That's not what I was trying to say at all. Don't, I'm trying to. Play the game. Don't play the game. Don't to hate the player. Hate the game. Is that what you're <laughs> I think I'm just trying to like be like, don't play the game of like, oh, I'll wait it out. And no, don't wait it out. Buy them now. Just, just jump online. It takes it takes two minutes. I did it last night. So ticket sales are at founder uni one. That's U N I one spelled out. Dot U N E. So U N E life.com.au I'm going to give that one more time u-n-i-o-n-e dot u-n-e life.com.au and we're on the front page of that website nice big picture just click it there follow it pay it's that simple you'll be coming a call to the bar we're going to call you to the bar come on like you can't you can't hate that so that's um, what's coming up for us in the next Three days, three two days. It's what happened today in the next three days. Next two days. I'm trying to add more days into this stressful week. That's not fun. <laughs> so we're going to go to another short song break. It's just going to be Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinnard. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Tune FM!
that was Sweet Home Alabama. I I love that song. I know we were talking we were talking when you requested it how it's actually quite relevant um, to um, America still to this day. Um, but it's still a good song to just have a little sing along to. <laughs> it is. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, we were talking in the break. Um, you made a um, a few comments about the how to defend the indefensible, and we thought we'd bring those on air. Yeah. When um, uh, when I first came to the bar, I was very lucky to uh, have junior briefs to um, a top Sydney Queen's Council um, who had been at the bar for over 40 years. He was coming to the end of his career. And he, uh, after he retired, he wrote a very short, very personal memoir, not really meant to be a legal text at all. Uh, But he called it um, how can you act for someone that you know is guilty? Because he said that was the question he was asked more than any in his 50 years as a barrister. And uh, there's a short chapter in it where he tells some stories uh, about times where he was acting for uh, clients who everyone thought was guilty. The clients even confessed guilt uh, to him. But in the end, it turned out that they, in fact, weren't guilty. Now, um, when I teach the advocacy workshop in our course, I tell uh, uh, the long version of this story and go into great detail about one of his most famous cases where uh, quite dramatically he proved that uh, the person who was about to be convicted of murder uh, in fact wasn't guilty um, in one of those sort of television and movie moments uh, full of high drama uh, all around. So don't have time to go into that here, of course, uh, but at some point uh, during the next couple of days, uh, quite happy to, to talk more about that with anybody who's interested because it is a fascinating area uh, of the law and rich in, uh, in uh, material for stories. Yeah, it really is a um, fascinating um, and engaging area of law. And I, I know personally, I'm not going to pr- practice criminal law, but it's always still brings me back because it just has that element of um, engagement that you just can't not enjoy it. Um, so I'll definitely catch it, catch you yeah. for that story. And, and in fact, he, one of his great mates, uh, former uh, Justice of Appeal in New South Wales, Ken Handley, wrote the foreword to the book. And he said that that short chapter on um, acting for people who are quote unquote guilty should be compulsory reading for all law students. Wow, I might I might go check that out when I don't have my own compulsory <laughs> readings. <laughs> um, but we're going to find out a little bit more about the College of Law. Yeah, just a little. I'm not going to say ten words because you're not going <laughs> to give us ten words. Yeah. Um, let's do thirty seconds. Okay. On. Well, I can't tell you too much because, of course, I want you all to come tomorrow and and uh, hear the whole. Um, presentation in person, Uh, but just a teaser. Um, Up until about the mid-70s, the way you became a lawyer was through the old article clerkship system, which was you you tagged along for two years with an actual lawyer, and supposedly by osmosis you learned everything you needed to. Even if you did nothing other than get coffees and pick up dry cleaning, you were just absorbing it all and then you were ready to be a lawyer. Well, I don't know if that was ever a good system, but certainly by the mid-70s with the size of the profession and the type of profession we have in in Australia, uh, it was no longer a a good way. So uh, a structured PLT program uh, was uh, uh, designed, and that's what we've been delivering ever since. And uh, so our course is designed as best as possible to mirror life in practice. It's very practical, very activity-based, and there is still a work experience component uh, that is the old holdover of the Article Clark system because there is value in going out and being with lawyers in their in the wild, in the natu- uh, natural environment, seeing them, interviewing clients, and drafting like documents. Like how it's referred to as the wild. <laughs> yes. Oh, it, it can be very wild, trust me. Um, and so, look, that that's the state of PLT at the moment. Um, uh, very hands-on practical. Uh, the idea is you, all, during all your time at uni, you've learned all the theory, and that's great. It'll underpin everything you do in practice, but nobody's really taught you how to be a lawyer yet. So mm. so what you're learning here, the most important skill you're learning during your law studies is how to think like a lawyer. Um, and then we teach you how to act like a lawyer. All right, how do you take all that knowledge and turn it into something that you can deliver to a client that they're prepared to pay $400 an hour for. How do you translate it into value? 
um, uh, and uh, service uh, the, the, your individual clients and the community uh, generally. So there you go. That's all I'm going to say now. You'll have to come tomorrow to hear the rest. I'm going to say that was a little bit more than 30 seconds. Oh, look, I told you, you don't put a time limit on a barrister. It, 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 nothing good can come of that. Nothing good. They just try, try their luck um, to just keep talking and, you know, we'll let them. Otherwise, turning off the mic. I don't, I don't know how, how popular I'd be if I turned off the mic. Um, but yeah, so College of Law, you've been coming up to Armidale for how many years now? Five or six years, I think. Yeah. And every time it's different, it's yeah. it's a different time of year. We've definitely been changing that on you lately. Yeah. Um, so like we were saying before the show started, last year you came up around July and this yeah. year we've got you in April and then we'll have you in July again yes. for Law Ball. So keep, put July in your date book, <laughs> everybody listening. July, Law Ball, one of the biggest nights of the year, at least for us it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how has Armadale been different every time you've come? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put a time limit on. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, five um, minutes. Well, look, leaving aside the obvious thing, which is the weather, because uh, sometimes it's it can be stinking hot up here and sometimes it's very, very cold. Um, but leaving that aside... Um, I've just found over the years that uh, the students up here uh, are much more engaged with their uh, their studies, much more interested in, in uh, talking to us about college and getting career advice about how to get into a job, how to uh, uh, pursue a career uh, in practice. Uh, there's a heightened level of enthusiasm uh, and interest, and I find uh, in particular, uh, they are more and more uh, well-informed, savvy consumers, if I can put it in, in blunt commercial terms. Uh, used to come up and talk about PLT, and they you know, had only heard it, just heard about it, didn't know what I was talking about. Um, were a bit stunned by the whole concept now. They've, they've done their research. They've gone on the website. They've got questions about work experience requirements and rules and visas and... and uh, um, uh, elective options and the like, so uh, which makes my job a lot easier because yeah. I'm dealing with with people who are enthusiastic and well informed. Yeah, I remember my friends going through um, a lot of my friends going through PLT last year. Um, they were doing all the research beforehand. They they knew everything. I think they could have done your presentation better than you. <laughs> I'm sure they could have <laughs> with the amount of research that they'd done, um, and they had it all down pat. Um, uh, so, like, we are definitely, we research the PLT before we actually start doing it at College of Law or um, one of the other PLT providers, but we like College of Law. You guys could let us come to Sydney. <laughs> Sydney's fun. Yeah, well, on that, because <coughs> I, I did talk oh, to yes. you. Yes, when I was here last time, that we we're looking at, at doing a, a, uh, a regional course for our students uh, around... Uh, the state, and uh, one of the things we're looking at is doing either uh, 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 the Skills Week portion of our course uh, here at the university or uh, nearby, because uh, we've got students at Southern Cross in Lismore as well. We've got a number of students in Grafton, and Newcastle, so it's a pretty big area. Area, but like half the state. Yeah, so we might do a couple of regional uh, courses, uh, or we might just pick uh, an interesting uh, neutral territory that's convenient to everybody, like uh, Coffs Harbour or Ballina or something like that. Um, so uh, I, I would be delighted to know uh, what you all think about that. So either come along and talk to me personally over the next couple of days while I'm here, or uh, talk to Sophie and others on the committee and let them know whether you're interested in that, when you might want to do it, where you might want to do it, um, and we can start factoring that in because I'm hoping to run a pilot, at the very least, somewhere uh, around the traps uh, before the end of this year. Yeah, and don't forget to m message us, message our Facebook page if you have thoughts about it right now. Our Facebook page is UNE Law Students Society. Yes, yes, there are two of them. You message the one that has the most engagement from like today. One hasn't been used for at least four years. So message the one that is active now. <laughs> UNE Law Students Society. 
got an apostrophe after the S in students. So we're going to go to a quick song break, which is a request from Morgan. Keen for kick-ons. I'm interested to hear this song. I've not heard it. I hope you like it. I, because I, I do. <laughs> look, we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you one song that we like. <laughs> okay, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is the Law Student Society Show.
opened up after a drink Said she started law school in the spring And by the time that she had three I knew almost everything Lightning flashed across the sky I said it probably wasn't safe to fly Secretly I hoped that she'd be stuck with me all night Now it's midnight in the middle of JFK Trying to take a man up the falling rain I was saying anything to make her laugh Never wanted anything so bad She got me wishing that she could stay There doesn't even know that I missed my plane Now there ain't a single thing I wouldn't trade For a ticket to LA Now gate 22 is calling out her name She wrote her number on my hand and walked away Alone here in the middle of JFK Sitting at a bar in an empty gate I'd do anything to bring her back Never wanted anything so bad She got me wishing that she could stay Doesn't even know that I miss my plane Now there ain't a single thing I wouldn't trade For a ticket to Tune FM.
that was Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Sorry about that. I forgot what show I was on and forgot to make sure it was in manual. Um, But we're back now and we are going to have a quick chat while we can pick a legal mind. We're going to look at some of those issues that came out from the budget last night, some of those legal issues. So when we look at the budget, we we can see that there was a significant amount um, that there was a surplus in the budget. But if, when you look closer into the budget, you can see that there's some areas that have had f- um, funding taken away from them, such as the NDIS and legal aid and community legal centres. Um, and we thought we'd pick the brain of Morton and see what he thinks the legal ramifications for this uh, shortfall um, in these areas has um, in law. (laughs) (laughs) I forget words. (laughs) I'm not going to be a barrister anytime soon. (laughs) Well, look, um, in a word, uh, appalling. I, I could talk for hours on this, but I won't. Uh, we, uh, I can just make a few very short, sharp comments. Um, uh, first of all, they've, they're trumpeting that they've delivered a surplus. Well, they haven't. They've just predicted another surplus, which is just like they've predicted every year since the beginning of time. Every government does. They <laughs> never deliver. Um, uh, so, you know, it's a bit of sophistry and smoke and mirrors here. Um, but leaving that aside... Uh, the reality is the things that are being cut are the things that are always cut, and they're uh, cut for two reasons. One, plain and simple, there are no votes in them. These aren't issues that resonate with the broader community. These aren't issues that are going to sway an election, and this is an unusual budget in that it's really the opening of of a campaign (laughs) for an election. So it has to be viewed through an even more critical lens than normal. Uh, So it's the people who are outraged, are a smaller number, probably weren't going to vote for the government anyway. Uh, yeah. the, the discussion, as passionate as we are about it, is not going to change an outcome, and the government knows that. Uh, if there were, if it were a hot-button election issue, different story, but it never is. Uh, access to justice, uh, the marginalized, uh, the uh, uh, disenfranchised, the underprivileged, there's never votes in those yeah. things, no matter what the context. And <clears throat> In particular, when it comes to issues of access to justice, overlaying all that is the government's knowledge that, well, the governments pick up the slack (laughs) because we have a conscience. We provide more pro bono work. We provide uh, more uh, people to uh, go and volunteer at at community legal centers and uh, refugee advocate services uh, because we know that if we don't, nobody else will. And the government knows that. So they, they, just like the charities pick up the slack in other areas, we always pick up the slack when it comes to access to justice issues. So that, that's the hard reality about it. Um, yeah, and the there's firms very little, very pick little up the slack where that legal aid doesn't come. Exactly. Yeah. There's very little we can do about it, um, no matter how outraged we are. Um, it, and it's, it can be quite... Um, demoralizing and dispiriting. But, yeah. but what we can do uh, is simply keep up the pressure, keep up the, the messaging, yeah. uh, hold them to account. But, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, following the federal budget, um, there was a lot um, about the uh, recently um, reported Banking Royal Commission and the upcoming Disability Royal Commission. Um, there was a lot of funding given there and um, and we had a bit of a chat about how the Banking Royal Commission in particular bef- um, was on such a tight deadline which caused a lot of um, um, overworked junior um, lawyers such as like what I will be in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of reports about um, improper work conditions, like working uh, throughout the night. Um, 
and it's an issue that like is being looked into but it was kind of I, I think personally it was just one of those ones that was kind of in conjunction with another big issue um, at the time what about what about your thoughts Morton uh, yeah, look, it, it, it's it's a perennial problem with Royal Commissions. The Banking and Finance Royal Commission brought it into sharper focus because it was the banks. That mm. were, it was the big end of town that was being looked at. But we saw it with the, you know, you go back to every Royal Commission that's ever been into, the, you know, policing, um, uh, the, uh, the upcoming disability, uh, people with disability, the, the more recent um, yeah, institutionalized sexual abuse, Royal Commission, it's always a problem <coughs> that there's a, a lot of work to be done to a very tight timetable, and it falls on the junior, uh, lawyers. junior lawyers or even not yet lawyers, graduate lawyers. And that's what it brought it into sharper focus this time was it, it, because all the larger firms were acting for the banks, and they were having to throw all their grad lawyers I- into it. So these were students that had just finished their uh, studies. Great. They'd taken on a job at a, a large firm. They were not even admitted yet. They were just in a grad lawyer year while doing their PLT program with us. And they were having to work round the clock weekends mm-hmm. uh, to the point where actually there were complaints made of uh, to uh, uh, work cover by two of the larger uh, firms by uh, um, uh, students that uh, were suffering tremendously uh, physically and mentally because of the of the pressure and maybe now that it's gotten headlines uh, because it's the big end of town that's involved the the government will be serious when it looks at providing appropriate levels of funding and support for the commission so they can take their foot off the pedal a bit yeah a government will resist a royal commission for years and then once they call it they say well it's all got to be done and dusted within the next month yeah (coughs) which is terribly counterproductive all of a sudden there's a great rush to do something they said there was never a need for. And that's where the pressure comes from. Uh, and I, I think if it's made clearer to the government that, okay, let's take our time and get it right and not kill a bunch of lawyers in the process, junior lawyers, vulnerable junior lawyers, um, we might actually get uh, get some better results. Yeah, because I remember one of my trips to Sydney, um, one of um, – the junior lawyers that I knew, um, he was saying the information would come out like on a Friday afternoon it would, and it would need to be ready for a Monday morning, um, like briefed and everything. So they had to work over the weekend to get this information briefed for the barristers. And yep. it's just small things like that when the information comes out, when they can process it, those kind of things that cause that overworking um, and the tight deadlines that so hopefully the ramifications from the banking royal commission will help further royal commissions realize there's no need to have it put out in 10 week in mm. 10 weeks like we can take a little bit more time to yes. get the result yeah yeah. Well, thank you for letting us pick your no, brain right. as a former barrister <laughs> and lecturer. We are going to finish off tonight. It is 7.55. We're going to um, say goodnight. We're going to sign off, myself, Morton, and Morgan, to and to make sure I enunciated that with those <laughs> two, right? Um, you are listening to the Law Student Society Show, and this is 106.9 Tune FM.